and welcome back to another episode of the Advantage and the DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, September 17th, which means we are talking about the core four players for our lineup for the Week 2 Sunday DFS slate. Today's episode is going to be short and sweet. I'm going to hit you guys with my core four and then go over my betting ticket for Sunday's games. Now, on the last episode, I used the betting stuff first, and I used being able to talk about what's happening in the gambling market to influence how we would play the DFS space. Today, I will flip the order for us. I will talk about which are our core four key players, and then I will review which bets I am on for Sunday. But before we get this thing started, let me tell you guys to make sure you are following me on Twitter, at mfiddle14. Make sure you are rate, reviewed, and subscribed to this podcast. And if you are listening on the DFS Today podcast feed, please, please, please give me a written review. I am doing a takeover of this podcast feed for the NFL season. So if we could give these higher-ups some feedback on how I'm doing, if we could give me a little note to say, Mike, you're doing well. Mike, you're actually doing pretty shitty. Let me know. I would love to hear. I got thick skin. Give it to me straight. Okay, the last place you can find me is Sunday mornings on the YouTube live stream with JP Sticko. Now, JP and I are going to be on the Sports Ethos YouTube page going live from 12.15 to 12.45 every Sunday. Last Sunday, we absolutely crushed it. We are reviewing key updates from Sunday morning, maybe injury reports, maybe crazy weather situations. We are answering start-sit questions, we are reviewing key bets, and we are reviewing the core four. And of course, if you are in the DFS space and you want to pop in there and ask me which player you prefer at which price tag, I will be able to answer some of those things live Sunday morning before the games start. I keep saying Sunday morning because I'm on the West Coast. So for me, it's like 9.15 to 9.45 and the games start at 10 a.m. Okay, so now that you guys know to follow me on Twitter, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and to find me on Sunday mornings, let's start this shit off and give you guys the core four. I said it on Thursday. I was 95% sure my quarterback was going to be Matthew Stafford and lock it in. He is my choice for my core quarterback this week. The only other option that I would actually consider is Kyler Murray or Derek Carr, but ultimately I am deciding to go with Stafford. That Rams-Falcons game is one of the few games this week that I haven't seen significant movement in the total towards the under. So if we are expecting points to be scored, if we are expecting the Rams to win by 10 points, which is where the spread is now, and if we also factor in that the Falcons' offense in Week 1 looked a bit creative and looked like it had some energy with Mariota leading it. So for those reasons, the Rams might actually score a lot of points. I really hope the Rams don't super frustrate me and continue to run on like every first down. The Rams need to cut that shit out and start throwing the ball more often. Matthew Stafford will be my quarterback. You guys know what that means. I always go for the stack. Do I even need to say his name? The wide receiver who will be in the core of my lineup is a man named Cooper 
Cup. Cup is like $10,000 this week because he is the most reliable wide receiver and we could probably safely count on him for like 10 catches, 100 yards, and a tutty. Moving on to the running back, I waffled on this guy. I said on Tuesday he would not be part of my lineup and then I came back on Thursday and I said, wait a minute, he's actually part of the core. And you guys know who that is? That's Quan, Saquon Barkley. Or sometimes I walk around with my dog and someone asks me, what's your dog's name? I go, oh, this is Saquon Barkey. <laughs> Saquon will be part of my core for week two. Now, the reason why I waffled on this one is because his price tag did jump significantly from like 6,100 below Alexander Madison in week one to being like the fourth or fifth highest priced guy and like 7,000 something dollars. However, I'm going back to the well because my new thinking is that actually Saquon's price should be closer to 8,000, closer to 8,500, closer to McCaffrey, who's in the high eights, closer to Jonathan Taylor, who's like nearly $10,000. Saquon is actually still underpriced, even though his price took a massive jump. So I will continue to play into the Saquon core option until the price continues to reflect the actual value where it should be. Finally, my last player from the core four is a value option at wide receiver, and it is Paris Campbell. Now, we're getting news that Alec Pierce, the quote-unquote number two or three wide receiver in Indianapolis alongside Campbell, is actually out this week with a concussion. So that means Campbell is stepping into the full-time number two role. He played like 88% of snaps last week. He ran routes on over 90% of dropbacks for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan finished with the most yards for any quarterback in week one. The guy can still sling the rock. I like Paris Campbell at 3,700 to be a great value play. We're hoping for like nine points from this guy. Certainly a chance that he pops off, but Paris Campbell can be rest assured to lock in like a 3x point to price ratio this week, and therefore he is core. Again, that makes the core four, Stafford, Cooper Cup, Saquon Barkley, and Paris Campbell. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. On to the bets for week four. I'm just going to go in the order in which I've written these down in my tracker uh, so I can give it to you straight. Packers minus 9.5 half a unit. They're going to smack the Bears. Dolphins plus 3.5. 0.75 units. Dolphins money line 0.25 units. So I'm splitting up my one unit that I'm betting on the Dolphins game by putting three quarters of a unit towards the spread and one quarter of a unit towards the plus odds, plus 155, on the money line. Miami has a ton, a ton, a ton of speed. Speed kills in the NFL and can take over games. There was a lot of momentum for the Miami to have a dominant offense in week one. They played, I mean, this season, they played the Patriots in week one. It didn't look like it was a super powered firehouse. However, that's just one week that's going against a great defense, that's going against an in-division rival who has more familiarity with the system. And let's, you know, press the brakes on there on calling it quits on the Miami Dolphins. I think the Miami Dolphins have good value on this three and a half 
point spread and on the plus 155 on the money line. My favorite bet of the week, New England Patriots minus 1.5 at the Steelers, a full max exposure, 3.3 units to win three. I am also on the under for that game, under 40.5, 1 point units, 1.1 units to win one. I'm jumping back in on the Colts and the Seahawks, two teams that I was strongly backing this offseason. I got the Colts at a minus four. However, it is at a minus 3.5 now, so you can get even better value on that line now. I still like the bet. And the Seahawks plus 8.5. I talked about this on Thursday. This line is moving all over the place. It is back to a plus 8.5. I still really like it at 8.5, even though we could have gotten in at a 9.5 in the last 24 hours or so. I have a full unit on both the Seahawks and the Colts. Finally, we are talking about the Lions game. I am on the Lions minus 1.5 for a full unit. It's actually not fine. I don't know why I said finally. There's quite a few more bets. Lions minus 1.5 against the Commanders. The Lions are one of the sharpest teams Coming into the season, the Commanders are a sell team who happened to pull off a win in Week 1. The Lions were going against the Eagles, who are a potential Super Bowl contender. So don't fade the Lions at home this week. I like to back the Lions to actually win their first game of the season. Um, Seahawks 49ers under 43. This is going to be a heavy week towards the under. I'm on three different unders. That is the second one I've mentioned so far. That line has been really sharp down to 40 and a half right now. If you are getting that number anywhere north of 42, I would still take it. But if you're seeing the Seahawks 49ers line at 41 and a half or less, just stay away and play the Seahawks plus the points. Of course, we've talked about this before. There is a correlated value between taking a big underdog like the Seahawks plus eight and a half and the under of a 40.5. So even though we're looking towards the under, the right bet would actually be on the spread because the, the total has come down too much. It's lost value. But because the total is coming down, we know that it is harder for the favorite to cover a big spread if there's less total points scored. If there's more total points scored, then there can be a bigger, wider Wider. There could be a bigger, wider margin of victory that causes the favorite to cover such a big spread. If we look at the other games where there's a nine and a half point spread, this is the Packers, the Broncos, the Rams, the Bills, and the 49ers Seahawks game. Those first four games have a significantly higher total than the Seahawks 49ers at 40.5. And for that reason, amongst all the other reasons I like backing the Seahawks this season, there is simply gambling theory value in taking that big of a line with that low of a total. I'm on the Broncos money line. It's a minus 480. You guys know, if you listen to this podcast before, I am not scared of laying big juice. I don't need to bet 4.8 units to win one. Instead, I'll just bet 1.2 units to win 0.25. It is still a comfortable wager amount that I'm good with, and I will still return Less money than normal, but I'm still willing to get a return that I'm comfortable with. 1.2 units to win 0.25 on the Broncos money line. And then I've sprinkled in quite a few Broncos props. Cortland Sutton over 
52 and a half yards. Uh, Russell Wilson over 30 and a half pass attempts and a parlay. I don't ever do this, but a parlay between Cortland Sutton over 54.5 and Jerry Judy over 54.5 at plus 255. So I really like the Broncos pass catchers from a props market perspective, which I'll just say, hint, hint, a double mint, might impact my DFS players that I did not mention in my core. I like the Broncos pass catchers. Okay. Um, Bucks minus 2.5 is the last bet that I put in. I think this line holds value. I think Brady is out for revenge against the narrative that he can't beat the Saints. That's hooey. This is Tom Brady we're talking about. Uh, he doesn't have the weapons that he did in pre- past years. Of course, losing Gronk, losing Godwin, and losing AB means Brady's slightly less comfortable around the red zone. However, he's got a guy like big back Lenny Fournette. I think he'll be fine. I like the Bucks minus 2.5. This line is certainly not moving to minus two. It might move back up to a minus three plus three situation. So jumping in on the minus 2.5 now allows us to attain that value and decide later if we want to sell off. And guys, when I say sell off, I mean I'm using one of these uh, books that allows a cash out feature. So if the line is the same or the line has moved in the direction that helps us, then the cash out feature will at least be even or we will gain a little bit of value. So when I say selling off a ticket, I often mean cashing out at even value because the line hasn't moved and I was trying to get ahead of the line movement, but even though the line didn't move, I don't necessarily want to play into it, so I will sell off of it. This is exactly what I did Tuesday with the Chiefs minus 3.5 ticket. I held the Chiefs minus 3.5 ticket after Monday night against the Broncos. It stayed at minus 3.5 for a bit. I sold off of that minus 3.5. Sadly, before it moved to minus 4.5, I would have been able to get some value on the sell-off at the minus 4.5, but I thought the line was going to stay and I just didn't want a part of it. The line ended up moving to minus 4.5. I had already sold off my Chiefs ticket. I ended up buying in on the Chargers and winning that bet. That is how these situations work. You really need to pay attention to line movement to determine where the best value is. I am not watching football and saying, this is what I see on the field, so this is what I think is going to happen the next time I watch the field. What I do is I say, this is what I see happening in the, in the, instead I say, this is what I see happening in the gambling market And that's why I think it is indicative of what's going to happen on the field in that game. That's the way I operate. Again, find me tomorrow on the YouTube Sports Ethos Show. If you have any questions for me, pop in and ask them. Check back next week. Tuesday's episode will be the spend-up options for week three. Check on my Twitter. I will post my full DFS lineup at 426. Whenever the full four o'clock slate kicks off, I will be back next week, tomorrow, wherever you're trying to find me. The core is Stafford, Cup, Barkley, and Paris Campbell. Let's hope they get after it this week. And as always, peace out.